Hello, <laughs> listeners, and welcome to Roundtable 6 of the Mad Scientist Podcast. I am Chris Cogswell, your host, and I am joined by... That is... The person you're just hearing is Dr. Chris Cogswell. Not just Chris <laughs> Cogswell, regular regular citizen like you and me, but doctor. And I'm doctor. Marie, I'm Marie <laughs> Mayhew, and I have no such degree. <laughs> I might it was really funny in the in the car ride home, my mom was like, so on the car ride home from the PhD defense, my mom was like, so are you gonna make people start calling you doctor? Fuck no. yeah, you are. No, no way. yeah, you are, man. You go in, you get coffee, and they're, they're like, can I have a name for that, sir? You're like, Dr. Cogswell, bitch. And I'm going to be you're... on an airplane, and they're going to be like, is there a doctor here? Yeah, and and I'm going to be like, I am up. here. Jump I'm up. only, I'm completely useless unless you need a pipe fixed. <laughs> <laughs> or some fluid flowed some- uh, flow diagrammed out. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that's, that's it. And then I'm there. Got I'm there cri- for that. Got any crystals to analyze? I hope you're what? not dying Ew. on this plane. Holy smokes. But it's sort of like, what was that movie with, um, oh, come on. We've talked about it before where they have to go up to blow up the, blow up the meteor to save the world. Oh, I know? think it's called, was it, was it, I think that is called what, Armageddon. Armageddon, see, see, Armageddon. You would be the dude. You'd be the dude that they would send up there, and they'd be all like, "He doesn't look like a doctor." And then you'd be like, "It's the crystal," you know. And he knows it. He knows it. It's the crystal. <laughs> oh God! I'm telling you, man. Right. Total third act stuff. Oh <laughs> good. Total third all act good. stuff. This episode, we are going to talk about the average American. If there is an average American, what would they look like? What would they like? Um. We got some really cool viewer mail and a cool question. We're also going to talk mm-hmm. about the science march, and mm-hmm. we are going to talk about how PhDs are actually given, or like what the process is. Since um, now that I've done I, one, I am an expert on it. Can I? Is there a line for it? Can I just get in line? Is it sort of like the new Star Wars movie? You got to line up really early for them. No. Yeah. More work than that is what I'm getting. I don't know. I don't. I don't know, Marie. I've only done it once. I don't know that much about it. I don't know. It's like, oh god. All right, that's true. It is true. All right, let's get into this episode. <laughs> Welcome to the Mad Scientist Roundtable. Tonight's episode number six. All right, so this, well, now not this past Saturday, but on Saturday, April 22nd, there was the Science March all over the United States and the world. And since this is a show about science and, you know, how science and technology and politics and, like, social culture and everything interact, it'd be kind of, uh, you know, it'd be kind of a big a big miss if we didn't talk we'll about miss. it at least a little bit. Um, one interesting thing that we've gotten though is we we've actually gotten a little bit of pushback from people who I think expect the show to be more about, I guess, ghosts and stuff. You know what I mean? And not so. Like no, we're listen. We'll, we'll, listen, we'll talk about ghosts. We're gonna get we're not putting ghosts we're out get of to the pastures. Ghosts. We're gonna people. get to the ghosts. We're gonna but, like, get there. Yeah, like like, I think people don't. People want science, and this is true, like of all history too. People want like science and stuff to be completely separated from politics. 
right? Like there's always this, there's always this like really interesting question where it's yeah. like people. So, okay. Anyways, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So this, 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 uh, listener, um, and, uh, no, no, Marie, no! Can we get can no! we just make up a name for him? This listener, who I'm very happy reached out anyways. Um, Chad. Oh, Chad. I don't even know Chad. We're just going to use the, the eponymous Chad. Um, Trey. Trey's a good one. Trey. I don't think it was Trey. Trey. Trey's a good one. Trey. Um, yeah. Trey. Uh, Trey, who is a listener um, of this show, or was a listener of the show, I guess, stopped listening because he felt that we were getting a little bit too political or, or you know, stick to the science kind of stuff. And specifically didn't like that, um, you know, we had talked about how the Trump administration was kind of hurting science. And I even had my uncle, my, my uncle, um, not my uncle, my aunt's, my aunt's boyfriend. Um, we were in the car together. Not even my uncle. Not even we were, in, we were in. Not even my uncle. We were in not the car. My uncle. We were in the car listening to one of my episodes with my family. They were visiting, and we had that. I had the one part of the Christmas yeah. episode where I said that there was um, far right nationalism was rearing its ugly head, and he like basically like he literally said, "Oh, fake news." I was like, "Oh my god, dude, come on!" Like, there's a literal. There's a literal. Uh-huh fucking nazi running for president of france like don't give me that shit you know what i mean like don't give me that shit all right it's true yeah that is happening fucking hell well that's what that i think i think that that suspension of belief is something that to me is really curious as well because i i for you know like what gets me is I could be a Republican. I could be somebody who who is fiscally who has fiscally conservative views and moderate views on social issues, which yeah, would make no, me hundred percent with you. in line yeah, with yeah. with Reagan, right? With Reagan, or like who is considered the you know yeah. the the gold standard, right, of the Republican Party? He's he is the icon of the Republican Party, but. What's happening now is not even conservatism. It's not even a conservative movement it's something that is almost yeah. more fringe and i think that that's that's what i'm taking i am not a republican right. <laughs> as as the listeners may have already guessed that was a little that bit of slightly, that was some embellishment to prove a point yes. but slightly slightly but i would say you know i think i think you do need a conservative counterpoint and while you don't always agree with them i think that it's important to, to acknowledge that there's the difference and by acknowledging yeah. the differences, that's how you're able to compromise, which is what a country is based on. And what you see happening now is not about compromise. It's about being right. And I think whenever one party or any party, you know, decides to draw the line in the sand and say, this is, this is exactly what is right and what is not right. The opposite party of which right now there's just predominantly two in our country tends to react the same way. And I think it's, it's, it's unfortunate, but I cannot say that what's happening is not nationalism because it is. And I think people that are moderate Republicans or even people that are, you know, even staunch Republicans can see that happening. And I think if I was a Republican, I'd be pissed. I'd be more pissed than than I am now as a Democrat because that's my party that they're hijacking. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the really interesting, so 
So yeah, <laughs> well, Sorry. Like, I, I guess I just don't. I don't really see the argument no. that. I don't see the argument that people make that, um, that like this science march that, well, why are scientists getting involved? Right. Why? What science, you know, science is supposed to be this pure thing. (laughs) Well, seriously, like, like, damn it, scientists. Why aren't you just like like, beakers? people think that they can, on the one hand, attack science and scientists like, you know, um, attacking evolution or teaching creationism in schools or, you know, um, Intelligent design and, intelligent and all this design. stuff. And, you know, and like we we look back at science in the past and I guess we imagine that these people were perfect or like, I don't know, that they were, you know, there's this idea that they were striving for knowledge for knowledge's sake. And while that's true for some people, like, you know, yeah. I mean, <laughs> well, I, you know. It's hard even to find an example, really, because everyone is is in is everyone is affected by the politics or the thinking or the religion or whatever, the social stuff of their time. So science is very much a political thing. And especially so the science march primarily was to resist the kind of anti intellectualism that an anti-scientific, anti-science rhetoric and, and frankly, policies and views yes. of the Trump administration as they campaigned and as they have put into place currently, you know, um, one of the major complaints yes. uh, was yes. uh, that, you know, I'm uh, what's it that we're we're concerned. A lot of scientists are concerned about their friends who are immigrants Right, that they're here in this country, and a yes. huge amount of of the graduate student population, a huge amount of scientists are from yes. India, from China, from Pakistan, from Iran, from you know um, other places, other and sometimes places, places yeah. that we're not necessarily all that friendly with, you know. Um, and so it's yeah, yeah. the list is right. going. could be Australia. Could be Australia. And yeah. it's really like, but I just find it fascinating that, you know, people were like, well, it's, well, it's, it's not going to affect India, for example. Right. But that's not the point. The point is that mm-hmm. we're telling people who are trying to come here to learn and work hard and develop our mm-hmm. economy and come up with new technologies. We don't want them, yes. you know, because we, 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 we suspect, you know, we suspect right. them of doing something bad, which is crazy. You know, it's, it's, it's nuts. And then even worse, go I ahead. Like, just, like I'm, I'm yeah. ranting. <laughs> Not, no, 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 no. It's a good rant. It's a, it is a very good rant because I feel like even if they are from a country that we aren't in direct quote unquote conflict with, they see what's happening. And exactly. why would you come here? Why would you try and, why would you try and um, bolster our knowledge, help our economy, help our culture, if basically we want to turn our back yeah. on everybody else? And that's not how you gain knowledge. You gain knowledge from inviting as many people in, even if they don't agree with you, even if it's hard to hear those different opinions and to build from that. Because it's like, if all you have to, you know, if all you have to draw from is, is the same pool, Again, science has already proven that that shit right. doesn't work. Yeah. And I think that that's what's so crazy. And I think I will, again, make reference to a point that they had on Pod Save America, which I hadn't really put my mind around until they vocalized it. John Favreau said it perfectly. 
And when he said, you know, with, with climate change, we would have a discussion with the conservative party, a Democrat, and we would both acknowledge the fact that climate change mm-hmm. exists. And it is scientifically proven and it exists. Now, how I might get there may be very different than how uh, a Republican might try and solve mm. the problem. But we would agree that the science is yeah. accurate. He says, when you stop, when you just fully, you know, head on say, it's not happening, yeah. or it's, it's made up by China, <laughs> or it's a conspiracy theory, it's like, all bets are off. Like, there is no equal footing. There's no respect for the fact that, that science and the facts hold validity. Institutions hold validity. They're, they're put in place to give, us, to give us the framework that we need to come to conclusions, even if we don't agree on them. And that's what I think is so crazy. It's like, where do you even go with that? Like, how do you even argue with somebody who's like, right? Nope. No, I don't believe. I don't believe. The polar bears. Well, you know, I, I had, I had a really. Um, I used to get to this point with. I'm not going to say which relative of mine, but um, it was it was the aunt's boyfriend. Just say it's not your uncle. He's not your uncle. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're older. They're no, they're an older relative, and we used to get in arguments about climate change all the time. And I would say, like, you know, I can measure. So for those listening, next next episode is going to be on, on climate change. It's going to be on the science of climate change, why we're sure that it's happening, um, what are, like, the common arguments against it, all that, all that good science-y stuff, right? Because yeah. that is what my and PhD is. and I are going to adopt a couple of Yeah, exactly. Well, that, like, so a climate, climate change, specifically carbon dioxide capture, was a huge part of my PhD, right? That was, like, the application I aimed for basically all the time, right? Um, yeah. So it's something I had to get good at arguing against was, you know, ju- just in case I'm at a conference. Not that this has ever happened or would ever happen. But, you know, you go to a conference and, and maybe there's some guy there who says, you know, some, some person there who just, you know, raises their hand and is like, well, I don't believe climate change is happening. It's like, well, how did you, like, sir, first off, how did you get in here without a badge? Right? <laughs> sir, <laughs> like, yes. Okay, but see, but that's, that's another thing, though, right, is I think, um, I think people don't want to get talked down to either, though, right? Like, it's easy to have that knee-jerk joke no. that, okay, this person's stupid because they don't believe in climate change. But frankly, like, if you're just a normal person, how the hell are you supposed to know if it's happening or not? You know how like, you know, I again, I always go back to this scene and it's always sunny when Mac is arguing that evolution is not true because science is a liar sometimes. Right. And he just goes through the history and he's like, you know, Aristotle looked like a science bitch. Right. And like, you know, he's just pointing out like this was false and this was false and this was false, you know, and then, um, you know, it's it's like if you don't look at the data yourself, how do you know that it's true? Right. But anyways, this, yes, yeah. yes, it's no, just this is true. And you, yeah, you can't talk. It's like, again, but it, and there's your political argument, right? That's why, that's why a lot of the, you know, leading Democrats think that we, this election was lost. We talked down, right. We, you know, talked we were down, talking yeah. down, talking down to the, to the quote unquote, the, the working middle-class white yeah. vote. And it's like, but at the same time, well, then how do you, how do you make these things? 
apparent to everyone. Because I right, think, okay. like, how does it affect you? And I think that that march, right. I think that march is an awesome, in, in the humor, too, that the march was employing. Oh, so good, yeah. I think yeah. that that has a really good. Like, I think that, yeah. like, a lot of that is, like, that's how you start. That's how you, you see people and you hear what they're saying and you start to think about it for yourself. But it's right. like, you know, like, am I going to convince Ted Nugent that he should not own a gun? He should, you know, cut his hair and he should probably, you know, donate to, donate to, um, uh, <laughs> like, like, inconvenient I, truth. No, no, probably not. Yeah. But there's some middle ground out there somewhere, I think. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think it's, I think that is a big part of it. Like you, you want, like part of the hope of this show is to teach people science by being kind of funny and interesting and weird and spooky and whatever. Um, get you know, to the ghosts. Like, yeah, we're getting, we're getting to, the to the ghost. Like it's it's like you know you have to almost trick. Like it's it's the same way with anything, right? Like um, like bit. I I wrote I wrote a paper in in undergrad on this idea that like to get to get uh, economies to do something that is against their economic interests, but is uh, or against their short term economic interests but is better for them in the long term, like, for instance, fighting climate change by capturing CO2, Mm -hmm. what you have to do is kind of sugarcoat the short-term losses, right? You kind of, you almost have to trick business because, you know, because business is not going to want to do things like, and this is right exactly like what you were saying. This is where a level-headed Republican argument could be made, you know, okay, we, we don't want to subsidize uh, carbon dioxide capture, say. We don't think people should be paying for it out of pocket or whatever. Well, Why not then support investment in new technologies like green energy, right? And that's the thing is that this administration is not is, – is refusing to do that. They're going for coal. Which is crazy. You know, there are, there are, which is crazy. Crazy. Which is crazy. There are, there are more people – in the United States right now who are paid to install solar panels than there are who work in the entire coal industry. Holy smokes. There's a huge amount of people working in solar, in wind, in, in, in geothermal, in hydroelectric, in um, nuclear. Like there's a lot of really good options and we're just kind of like, no, nah, we'd, we'd like to keep burning the dirty rock, please. <laughs> That we, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's non-union that we're going to put people down a hole and just, you know, it works out. It's like, it's, well, that's, that's the thing. It's like, if you think about, like, in your mind, think of what a, like, evil boss looks like. It is the guy, that, there's like three archetypes, right? There's the coal baron who has like yeah. the the big mustache and the top hat and the monocle and he's you know wiping his white gloves while he's standing on people covered in soot and coughing up black gunk right exactly you yes. have that guy yes. you have the like wall street fat cat mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and then you have i don't know the other evil boss i said three before i had a well, full analogy had, or a full no, list no, here you've got it <laughs> donald trump it's now the president <laughs> Right. Well, yeah. you, had a, yes. you, have yeah. the, you have the the uh, the, inept, the sleazy real estate developer. The, uh, yeah, the uh, sleazy real estate developer who who lives yeah. for fame more than anything else. Yeah. Ugh. Anyways, I like like here's the thing, right? 
This is the last thing we're going to say about politics this episode. Maybe. Although it's not going to be the last thing ever yeah. because we can't. We can't. I might just start. It's like it's almost like Tourette's. I might just start yelling shit. I can't help it, people. <laughs> and Trey, if you're out Flat-tex! there, Latex. Latex. Subsidies. Like, like it's just. It's just look. I I was really happy that a lot. So many people came out and said paying for scientific research agreeing with scientific principles um using science to dictate our policy is important to us that made me feel really good yeah. and i'm super excited that that was a thing yes that happened a national here. thing and my favorite sign which again i think sums everything up is the sign that said every apocalyptic movie starts with someone ignoring a scientist <laughs> and right there it's like yep that's pretty much it that's pretty much the case you ignore i like ignore I, your own risk i saw one that was just um i saw one that was just i can't believe i'm i can't believe i'm fighting for <laughs> facts fighting for facts I know, or something yeah. and then i saw and then i i don't know i can't remember if it was this protest or another one but i remember i saw a protest sign once that said like it just said like um I think it just said like come on man <laughs> it was like or it was like it was like not oh no 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 that's what it was it was awesome it was it was not usually a protest guy but geez <laughs> perfect so good there's so there's good the geeky ones it's like we're lucky think about all the ones that had to go to the placebo march or whatever it was right you right oh yeah yeah i was like right hey, yeah come on that's some clever shit they are funny that's that clever. clever shit that's some good stuff yeah but yeah so so here yeah. so here's here's the thing the reason why it's important that the government um fund research or accept research's findings is that the government provides the vast majority of, of research funding to the United States, mm-hmm. like the vast majority through the, the NIH or um, so the National Institutes of Health is NIH through the Department of Energy, the Department of Defense. Oh, yeah. Through various grants. Yeah. The states themselves pay a lot of money for research. And, you know, the re- like and like the reason why it's good, in my opinion, that the government pay for these things is that you get out way more than you put in, right? I mean, new businesses start, yes. new um new businesses. We get new military technologies that you might not even think of as being new and brought out by research. We get um all kinds of uh really smart people who come to work and learn and live in the United States instead of going to other countries where maybe they don't want to do as well for right. us. Um as they would working for us, you know? So there's a lot, a huge amount of benefits to, to, uh, science being funded by the government. And, um, and it's, there's a lot of threat to that funding. Um, the EPA has been cut, yep. which is really terrifying. Bad. Um, Trump proposed to cut the NI, I can't, I think it was the NIH, the national Institute of health mm-hmm. budget mm-hmm. by 30%. Um, and then Congress instead gave it another couple billion dollars, so uh, in that case, good job, Paul Ryan. Um, <laughs> nice, good job, guy. You know what I mean? Like that's the that's the thing. Like people, um, you know, what I mean, before before this, I was pretty relatively conservative. Not conservative. That's the wrong word. I was like, I guess, libertarian. Oh. New Hampshire libertarian. What, did you have your Ayn Rand? I don't know, you like the fountainhead tucked under your dog. No, ear, no, 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 no. Nothing like nothing like that. But like. Like, I don't know, like, 
I guess it's hard. I don't know. I'm not really a libertarian, I guess. I'm just like teasing. the New Hampshire style, the free or New die. Hampshire style kind of like center, right? Yeah, like live free or die, right? Like you can you cannot wear a helmet on your motorcycle so long as your brains don't hit my <laughs> face. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like really, like I gotta know, like, yeah, it just it's it I, I said like a bajillion times in that take, so whatever. Keeping it in, Keeping I don't it care. In. It's just Keeping it, thank you, John Lovett. Listen, listen, all right, John Lovett. Love him. Uh, you guys, if you guys are listening to this show Ever. right now, which you're not, like if but this if you are, somehow ends up in a time capsule and it's being, you know, force fed into John Lovett's brain in like, you know, seven million yeah. years in the future. Love you guys. Yeah, look, I got plenty. I've got plenty of scientific uh, puns with pod in the name, and he's a doctor that we can make a show a on. Okay, and he's a doctor, y'all. Anyways, it's, yeah. um, anyways, the science march was really important. I think it's totally part of modern science. It's something that had to happen, and I'm pretty excited. I hope, yeah. I hope that positive things happen because of and it. My my little two cents on it is science. It's it embodies all the things that I think patriotism and America are about. Like it is about verifying having an idea. Being able to put that idea out there, test the idea, find its metal, find its worth, and validate it. And I feel like we should not only not only can you make money off of science, as you as you know, Elon Musk has proven, but it's important and it's important to growth and it's important it's important to engagement in education and it's just it's vital and it's vital to to I think to who America is and that's what sort of turns me off about the administration is it's like and the funny thing too is my my final word on it is it can live in the same space as religion these two things can have absolutely have you know they don't have to always agree and people don't always have to see eye to eye but that doesn't mean that these two things can't exist in america and cohabitate and have and have absolutely equal time and equal space and that's what i think is 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 like is kind of crazy with what's happening yes all right section two now um so one one really interesting thing that i think is like super interesting with um a, like a politics thing that always keeps coming up again. Sorry, we keep talking about politics. We should we should just like make a new. I don't know. We should just make like a politics podcast, Marie. We should we <laughs> should like, like we should like, see what the copyright is on pods on Science Saves America and just try to start stealing that shit and just kind of like see how dude, how much market oh share God. we could walk away with within like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and then just well, and then a cease and desist letter comes in and we're all like, fuck no. I know. I know. We keep getting. So I, it's like really dweeby, but I um I keep tweeting at, at John Lovett different <laughs> titles for science podcasts that have pod in the name to fit in the crooked media empire. I'm like, yo, the pod particle. <laughs> All right. The two the two potty problem. All right. Um I, I, <laughs> pod is a clockmaker. 
Okay, we got so many good, like, okay, there's like, that's all of them, I think. But still, three solid, three solid options. Three solid tweets, people. What'd you op- get? Did Love It give you any yeah. love back? No. No, of course, of course not. So I'm actually, I've only sent one so far. I just keep like tweeting it and be like, hey, you guys need a, you you guys guys need need a doctor of chemical engineering. Science. Science, <laughs> science saves America. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. All right. So now we get some of that sweet, the- sweet blue apron money. <laughs> Ah, oh, finally, Jesus! So the so one thing that people always say is, you know, you're not like the real America. Like, where is the real America? What? And by that, I mean, what is the average America? Right? Because you know, people argue like, you know, I'm so I am. I mean, we are just you know, um, east coastal, east coast, west coast, liberals, coastal elites, primary yes, coastal elites. I mean, I'm I'm here in I'm here in New Hampshire with my flannel and my beard. Your flannel and your beard and your Bernie loving ways. And my, and my and my high my high income low tax lifestyle. Exactly, exactly. And you're you're I'm out in, there you're out there in in Cali, in the Bay Area, just you know living off that, <laughs> that crazy ass tech money, that Google money. Got that mad Telling Google you. money somewhere. I don't have it, but the Google buses, you know, During the day, Google buses coding. and stuff. Yes. That mad stuff. Like, yeah, like I, I think I think it's a really interesting question because I think people when they people when they come to America from other countries, they think that it'll be like the old West almost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like my family's my family's immigrants mm-hmm. and like I know my my uncle actually my uncle had a really interesting story. He uh, when he was back in Italy, he always read about these fruits that he didn't know what they were, but he like had an idea of like what they kind of looked like. Oh, and and one of them were strawberries and blueberries. He hadn't he didn't eat one until he got to Seriously, America. They didn't have they don't have strawberries yeah. and blueberries in Italy. They well they did they didn't in like the forties and fifties. Yeah, and, and that 60s. makes sense. It was a tough place. And then the 50s, yes. And then my my uh, my mom even has a story about. Like desperately wanting to try a banana <laughs> because they were like super expensive in their town, right? They were like it was like t- you know ten ten dollars, ten American dollars for one friggin' banana, you know. Um, and so we were we were making like a strawberry lemonade, and he was like, you know, I didn't try a strawberry until I was like thirty five. Holy shit! Like, what? That's <laughs> yeah, sad. fucking crazy. Anyways, so I, I I just think it's interesting to to see what. Who is the average American? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, looked up some stats, Marie. Hit me. Are you ready I, I for this? Ready. All right. I'm ready. The average American is a 38-year-old white female living in the western part of the United States, specifically one of the states of, of Arkansas, Colorado, Utah, Nevada, um, New Mexico, Idaho, Montana, or Wyoming. Okay. Okay. They have private health insurance. Mm-hmm. Okay. Their medium, median, medium, their median household income mm-hmm. is $75,000 per household wow. per year. Wow. Wow. So, uh-huh. um, and that's in a two person. So that's like the average household, but that's with both people working. Right. 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 They, they work our average American, uh, who we will call Desdemona. We're going to call her Desdemona. Des. Desdemona 
works uh-huh. in the civilian labor force as a um, like educational services, healthcare, or social assistance kind of thing. Wow. Right. Uh-huh. Um, or she might be in management, business, science, or the arts, but still in one of those roles within education or healthcare. Those are like the most common. I, I do gotta um, give, I gotta, gotta give a, a shout out. Desdemona is also making, you know, thirty percent less in those fields than her male coworkers. Yes, yes, yes. On average, yes. now Desdemona drives alone to work. Yes, which is crazy, right? Because she has to commute. Crazy. She has to commute, right? She's the places she's going. She's probably not yeah. a huge amount. Well, there's probably public transportation that's so okay that's no but no no but see but that's the thing i was thinking was again coastal elites we have the golden subways to ride on marie (laughs) like like you know what i mean like uh, i was i was really interested like where i am now uh there is no public transport you know what i mean if you if you don't make enough to have a car you're walking to work which means you're working at walmart or mcdonald's here yeah you know yeah, here we do have we have pretty actually we have pretty good even though it is it is I yeah. have fault with it but it is pretty good multiple different lines of public transportation that you know again infrastructure wise dearly needs some help but still it's something oh, yeah. it's definitely something and it it is an alternative to driving man she's driving one right. car how many cars does does the family own did, did you find that out um. That is actually a really good question. I did not find out, but on average, they dr- she drives alone to work. So I would imagine her husband or mm-hmm. significant other must have another car. Oh. Yes. Or a bike or Got something. It, yeah. I don't know. I would say so. <clears throat> so Desdemona lives, uh, believes in evolution, mm-hmm. huh. and she never finished college, huh. but she may owe money to college. I believe that. <laughs> fucking believe that and she finished high school she finished high school man isn't that the kick in the ass so so it's actually interesting um like it's really really the the average for never finishing um college is really high like people that don't have a bachelor's degree is way more than i would have imagined i think just given my upbringing and my family and and whatever my area that i'm in right i'm in academics right so it's like you know what i mean everyone i know has this freaking bachelor's but um it's actually really high like 70 percent of people don't have a bachelor's degree interestingly so um as i'm from colorado i am the first child in my dad's family on my dad's side to go to college so all of his family, oh, I'm the first person to go to school and to graduate from school. From 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 That's a awesome. degree. Yes. Wow. Oh my god. We should be called Desnamona should be called Sorta. Marie. But again, I Oh I got my the god there, man. I got the, it's nothing you know Marie, what? Nothing against Colorado. Fucking go Rockies. But <clears throat> yeah, you know, I will say that like and and again, like again, that's that is a holdover from another average American, uh, you know, another average American family. It was uh, my my father is the eldest of shit, like five, uh, served oh, wow. in the military. Yeah. Um, you know, had you know he has one kid, but you know down the road, you know that his family, his brothers and sisters have multiple children. And on, but on his side of the family, yep, I was the first one to go to school 
for the four year degree. Wow. But yeah, it's cool. it's interesting, and I think statistically, you know, it probably nets out. That that's probably that that's probably indicative. Like you're saying, it's like now you're you're getting to the point where, and thank God, like when I went to school, it was it was you know some steep student loans, but nothing like it is now. Nothing like the debt. Oh, it's fucking killer. The now. debt that's coming out of you know, but that's no, a lot in coming <laughs> Listen, out of this. <laughs> when I when I graduated. When I graduated, I got a nice present of minus $30,000 or some crap like that from undergrad. Jeez, man. Um, yeah, anyways. So um, now here, now, okay, here we're going to get into some pretty uh, pretty dark stuff. <laughs> Is it ghosts? Okay. I have some ghost stuff. Just, but, well, let's just wait. Okay. Let's okay. just wait. I don't, I don't. So listeners, this is a warning okay. to you. Okay. This might get oh, ugly. Crap. Are Desdemona's favorite ice cream? Fuck. Is is either is either chocolate or vanilla? Uh, 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 okay, fifty percent, approximately fifty percent of the population has their favorite ice cream as one of those two. Eight huh. percent is strawberry. Just eight percent. Huh. Yeah. Like, which makes me wonder. Like, what are those other ice cream flavors? Like, I guess pistachio, right? You got your sherbets, right? You've got you've got your you got your frozen yogurt, maybe. Oh my God! Wait, no, Marie, wait. What? This oh is my important. God. Well, this is important. Yeah, it is. Go, doctor. How how do you spell the word sherbet? All right, people. This makes for some really excellent radio is me how do you spell the word sherbert h e r b e t r sherbert t no not t r r t yeah r t yes 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 okay okay that is wrong well the word is actually sherbet 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 S H E R B E T is the word. Oh, with no R. Yeah, it's got no R. So, do you say Shibbet? You don't say Shibbet. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Shibbet. I looked it up because so the the other day, yeah. is there Katie, a backstory? I said because uh, yes, right, I, I woke up at three a.m. and it was burning <laughs> so, in my head. Okay, oh god. Yeah. So the other day I bought some rainbow sherbet from the store because I like haven't had it in a while and I was craving Dude. it. And so I told like I would just was like whatever on Snapchat with Katie and I sent her I sent her a picture of me eating the ice cream and I was like, Oh, I got sherbet. And she's like, You got what? <laughs> so she is like, No, you know, we're we're arguing now, of course. Oh yeah. And she's like, Google it, Google it. So I Googled it. Sherbert is a common enough mispronunciation that they accept it. Really? So what it is Oxford like, English has decided to like rope this yeah, one in? Like, like they're like, we'll let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll let it go. Oh, yeah, yeah. We just we just willed ourselves a new word. Because so many people were like, it's Sherbert. Well, if it was like if you pronounced it like Colbert, it would be Sherbert, which would be pretty good too. <laughs> I think I'll have some sherbet, some rainbow flavored sherbet. That that's isn't that that's weird? kind of crazy. Oh my God. 
that's a little. It was so weird. I then, I then spent like the whole night reading about sorbet and sherbet and the difference. And dude, oh god, rabbit hole. Rabbit hole. Anyways, this is so the the other interesting factoid that I pulled up about Desdemona here. Her favorite three TV shows. I want to see if I can guess. Oh Try man, guess. I want to say Big Bang Theory just because that's fucking on every yes. channel, right? right. Okay. That is one of the Big top Bang. three. I want to say it's going to be a crime procedural because the ladies love the crime procedurals, <laughs> right? Okay, um, which one? I would say Bones, but that's a little fringe. It's a little dark. It's going to be no, CSI. It's going to be CSI Family, maybe. You're close. Yes. NCIS. Which I have never fucking seen. I've never fucking Me neither. Seen that. Me neither. I've never what seen any of these top three. What is the NCIS? What is that? Like, I think it's, it's like Naval Command Investigative Services no, or something. Oh, it's uh, uh, NCIS. Welcome to Anthology of Heroes, the podcast that explores the most pivotal moments of history through the eyes of those who lived it. In this podcast, we don't spend our time recounting facts and dates. Instead, we follow in the footsteps of national heroes, kings, or ordinary people who lived and breathed the moments that shaped our world. We're not hemmed in by eras, borders, or religions. Instead, we seek out the tales of those who defied the odds and fought passionately for their beliefs. Whether they're right or wrong is up to you to decide. From Vercingetorix's doomed rebellion against Rome, to Osceola's unshakable war against the USA, all the way up to the inspiring Sobibor concentration camp uprising in World War II, each episode is an immersive listening experience, blending music and sound effects to really draw you into the story. Our episodes go for about 45 minutes, making them perfect for your commute, and are crafted using a wealth of historical sources, which I list on our website if you want to learn more. I'm the host, Elliot Gates, and I'm thrilled to have you joining me as we uncover history's hidden gems and illuminate the faded pages of our past. Look out for the Anthology of Heroes podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or anywhere else you get your podcasts from. No, they're like the cops of the sea. <laughs> I think that is what it is. The cops of the sea who go after pirates. <laughs> You're, You're like, crook. Captain. Yeah, Naval Criminal Investigative Service. They're the cops of the sea, which would actually Which investigates crimes involving the U.S. Navy and Marine Corps. That- yeah. So that's one of her favorite shows, man. I would have aired. I would have gone with Bones, but that again, that's it gets a little gruesome, gets a little dark, and it doesn't have that. It doesn't have that, then, that Mark Hamill or whatever his name is, right? The the main guy who's in who's who's got to be the draw. Um, I can't even remember who's the dude's name. Like the the main guy that he's like he's got to be in his eighties now. NCIS? He's got to be. He's seriously old. Marie, I I didn't even know what NCIS stood for. <laughs> Oh my! No fucking idea. We got it. Um, okay, what, and what's the third? It's got to be. Oh, Mark Harmon. Mark Harmon. There it is. He's like 175. Seriously, he's been around forever. All right. He is. Props, props to him and his people, keeping him fresh, looking young. He is 65 okay, years so old. Looking pretty good. Looking pretty good for that. Looking, looking good. really good. Um, so pretty third good. one, comedy. Was it? Is it? I don't know. I'm throwing it. I I had my police, you know, my police procedural because again, ladies love the procedurals and uh, Big Bang, which has got to be on everybody's. Like, you have any kind of any kind of bell curve, it's right in the middle. Yeah, it's uh, the next one is Scandal. Oh shit! Seriously, which is a yes. political thriller. Yes. I guess yes. Which is- yeah, I've never seen that one either. I watched season one and then I was like, eh. 
Yeah. So here, so here's the thing. So okay, mm-hmm. Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. Marie. Mm-hmm. Not a fan. Really? Now, see, this is this is what my question was because the rest of the world is like, you quirky scientists, you funny oh quirky God. scientists. It's so bad, it's bad, Marie. But they're doctors. He's like. <laughs> Yeah, but their doctors have made up bull crap. Really? I mean, bad, huh? first off, he's living in like a huge okay. Yeah, because it's all Perfect. like you know. I mean, this is the thing. This is the thing with TV, right? Whenever they have, besides Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad science was fucking was phenomenal. Very good. Yes, yes. Because they had someone from the American Chemical Society consult on the science for that series. Yes. So it's all like up to snuff, right? <laughs> so you're you're telling uh, me Dr. Sheldon Cooper's not. Legit? Is that what you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna no, break America's I, heart I, I, with that? No. Okay, Trey, you're gonna based get you're gonna get his, more angry letters about that than look, about a fashion drop. I'm just teasing. Based on the the crap squiggles that he writes on his board, he doesn't know what an integral is. Okay, Marie, it's it is it is really funny because I think it's like um, I think it kind of does something. It does a little bit of a disservice to people that have. Um, like autism, yes, right? Because they always show these like characters that have, you know, like negative. Um, there, yeah. They always make it seem that like yeah, yeah like every smart person on TV is like borderline yeah. um, autism spectrum or right in it. Like it first off, it cheapens the struggle that someone with autism you know, kind of has to go to go through to like, you know, like work in the world with everyone else or whatever. Right. I agree with that. But then at the same time, at the same time, it also like makes it out like there aren't some fucking like suave ass scientists. (laughs) (laughs) Bigger, the bigger insult. my friend, makes us all look like a bunch of fucking nerds, Marie. And we're not nerds. Come on. It's that there's not some suave ass scientists out because there are. Well, All right, I would also are. say point three right after suave ass scientists is it's it is, again, this this sort of non-political safe science. Right. I mean, you're yeah. watching this show yeah. and you're not threatened or you're not questioning any of the science that they're putting out there. And that's that I think is also is problematic in a lot of ways because you need never have to take a, a stand one way or the other. And it's very light and it's very accessible as science should be on some level. Right. But at the same time, it's sort of also very sugar coated. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, I, anyways, I, I resent that show just because it makes people think that I work on toilets or whatever. Uh, on space toilets. There was some episode. I don't know. There it's, was some, yeah, something with space toilets. Now, it's like, no, damn it. Come on, guys. You know, so I started, when I watched it early on, like before syndication and stuff, I was like, I, I was sort of heartened in some way because I'm like, at least, okay, here's a show that, that is somewhat different, that's trying this different approach. But then after a while, I'm like, damn, yo. I mean, it's funny and shit, but like only to a certain extent. And then, eh, you know, I, they live in well, Pasadena. The thing is, I think the thing is, too. So they live in Pasadena. They've got this nice apartment. <laughs> And they got some sweet yeah. shit. Yeah. Like they've got some really nice, uh, nice places to live and stuff. And I don't think that that's like I've got beef with that. Just like you know, yes. Yeah, I mean it's like, and I mean whatever. Like it's 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 become a very easy, it's become a very easy like attacking point 
online or whatever because you know it's like yeah that's that's not real like like the whole idea of there being like nerd culture or like i don't know all, all of that i'm just always like what like is is come on come man, on, man. you know yeah, like i like, like people out there neil degrasse tyson there's some, we're so goddamn he's, suave. We're all so suave. Neil deGrasse Tyson is. He's he's money. He's very he's money. suave. He's smooth. He's smooth. I mean that seriously. Anyways. All right. He is. He so is. He here's is. some other just some other facts about Desdemona that I actually did check on as well about the do fit in with her. Um, the average American woman. So Desdemona owns. 30 outfits, one for every day of the month. Comparative to 1930, that figure was nine. So consumer-wise, you know, there's more, there's sort of more personal acquisition. Same, that average American family, so Desdemona, significant other, I'm assuming she probably has like two point something in kids, spends 1,700 on clothes annually. And throws away 65 pounds of clothes per year. What? Now Mm -hmm. that is surprising Mm -hmm. to me. Now, what do they count as throwing away? Give, I'm, I, I would assume it's, and again, I'm going to make assumptions so I don't have to open up another tab because I'm a lazy motherfucker, but I'm assuming <laughs> they're going to give it away or they're actually, they've outgrown it. Okay, gonna I was going to say. Like, they are de-accessing, like, yeah. but this is the average American family. So if you think about like, okay, you know, it's her, it's two kids, it's, you know, I, I'm thinking about, yeah, the, you know, you go through a lot of stuff. But I think the thing that I found interesting about the stats that I was reading about, because, again, they're very similar to what, to what you're finding, was just the amount of, of shit and acquisition that, that you have <laughs> as you get, like, yeah. as you get older and as you sort of acquire. There are 300,000 yeah. items in the average American family's home. 300,000 wow. individual items. And I'm like, fuck that's yeah, crazy. man, that's my daughter's room alone. <laughs> right? Well, I think, well, yeah, that's really interesting. I'm, wow. Right? I'm a little, I'm still, I'm, um, wow. And we'll put these all, we'll put these all in the show notes just in case anybody's like, she's sitting there making up stuff. Uh, no, uh, and, okay. okay so. <laughs> right, the average, the average American woman owns seven skadoodles. You know what? And, 27 you know, cars. She drank, and, uh. She drinks 15 gallons of honey a year. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Here's, here's another one that is actually near and dear to my heart because I do think it's pretty interesting. Uh, average 10 year old. Owns 238 yep. toys, but only plays with 12 of them on a daily basis. 238 toys? 238 items. Toys. And I'm like, yep, Holy little shit. bits of plastic shit. That's... Oh, that's yeah. My daughter. Oh, my, my God. My has, yes. Yes. And she will play with... But there are... She will play with only 12... That's what they're saying here. Only 12 in a day. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think I've, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, if, that's I really interesting. I thought that was sort of like, again, just sort of 
giving an additional layer to the fact that, you know, she's, she's driving, she's got to drive X amount to work, but the acquisition, she's buying a, lot she's of buying stuff. a shitload yeah. of stuff, and they're not saving a lot of money, which again, you know, chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, but she's not, <laughs> hate to bring it down a little bit more, she's not, they're not <laughs> like over like, where's, where's, I'm trying to find my stats here, man, like, like, they don't save nearly half American in American households don't save money. They don't have they don't actively save their living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, I bet. No, yeah. And that is like Well, you know shit. what? I'm That's yeah, fucked that's up. That's hard. Well, I think Yeah, man. I mean, I think I think it has to, I mean, it's really hard when you look to at the cost of like the cost of living mm-hmm. in some places, like where Desdemona lives, the cost of living is going to be super mm-hmm. high. But, um, but it is, it's always pretty commensurate with what you make. Usually, you know what I mean? Yes. I mean, so, so their family total makes $75,000 a year, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> that means that they are making about 4,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Right, so think probably half of that goes to rent or mortgage. Yes, exactly. If not yes. more, yeah. If not more, I mean they they you know we're saying two person with um with two cars mm-hmm. probably it's crazy. That's and crazy. education. Yeah, yep. and I mean and the thing well you know what you know you know what I think that was something that really struck me was there the average person works in education yeah. or healthcare. You know, it's like such a huge part of our economy, um, healthcare yeah. and education. It's uh, like the, education. The we didn't realize it, but we're gonna keep yeah. you. We're gonna keep you learned. We're gonna teach you what you need to know, and we're gonna keep you healthy. Like that's it. Like that's there's if there's nothing, yeah. if there's no other two things out there that America needs and should be compensating better. Are the people that are the people that are teaching yes, us absolutely teaching us how to think and making sure that we don't fucking fall off a cliff, right? Die. Shit. <laughs> That's what's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy. But you know what? Absolutely, By all means, man. Goldman Sachs, Anyways. they deserve it too. They deserve all that as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was for Trey. That was for, and just as a final all right. I'm, just, was, I'm gonna give the, I'm just gonna give this poor fictional dude this our average male our average our average disgruntled I I have uh I take uh, umbrage with you sir fellas Trey uh that was my last shout out to him but just one more fact the uh <laughs> here's a good one forty percent of Americans believe in ghosts. Yeah, good news yes. for us. I would think that good like news. Uh, we're investing in a growing market, shit, my friend. Not not so much as not so much as uh, I would nice. say that like that nice. percentage has probably probably been bumped up quite a bit by Forrest Burgess, Podfather Forrest Burgess. <laughs> the the Forrest effect. The yeah. Forrest effect. Scott yeah. Forrest effect. Yeah. Forrest Scare, it's just oh boy, scaring each other. Cool, cool. <laughs> Spooking us into the future. 41.5%. Okay. Nice. Yes. All right.
So, let's go to section three, I guess? Section three. Viewer mail and yeah. castle run? Viewer mail. Cool. We've got some viewer mail. Viewer mail. We got really good. Whoa. There we go. Huh. See, suave science. That's what I'm talking about, Marie. We got <laughs> suave science. We got some really awesome viewer mail this week from Mrs. Sawbones. Um, which is her, her which, is, which is her Sawbones. name. Oh, it's Shit. so badass. That she's super badass. Cool. So, um, yeah, she's got a name like Mrs. Sawbones. Yeah, it's so cool. So it's like really, really awesome uh, postcard, a postcard, uh, envelope art. It's really cool. This one is, um, <clears throat> this one has Edgar Allan Poe and ravens and stuff. And uh, oh. The moon. oh, it's so sweet and like oh, skeletons all over. It's it's super badass. So thank you so much. For the art, I'm gonna put a uh, I'm gonna put the picture of it up on the website, um, probably oh, yeah. with my probably with my address blurred out. <laughs> but if you have any art or mail or anything, whatever you'd like to send us, please do. That'd be really cool. Um, we would yeah. love to get it. Absolutely. Yeah, and I gotta say, like Edgar Allan Poe. Was there any particular reason she went with Edgar Allan Poe? Or she was she, asked, like, she asked me what I she asked me what I liked, and I said spooky stuff. Spooky, sh- uh, you know what? <laughs> and girl, I'm po. Top spooky. spooky, top spooky, top spooky. Yeah, it's really cool. It's super cool. So I'm really you excited know, about it. The only thing that would be make that cooler if she was Doctor Sawbones. Doctor Sawbones. She could, you can, yeah. I think that would be that would be pretty good too. Well, That's give her, awesome. Give her time. Give her time. Give her time. Know. She could just throw we it out there too. We, we don't know. Be. We don't know. Um, that is awesome. Yeah, it's super cool. All right, so what? So the next question we had was actually a question Marie thought of. It was, and this is, you know, I'm taking this as a, again a Star Wars fan myself. This is pretty common, a pretty common discussion, but it is fairly, I would say, sciency. I don't. It's not actually got any scientific principles that are based in reality, but I'm going with it, which is. Han Solo has always made the claim that his beloved ship, the Millennium Falcon, made the Kessel Run in not 14, but 12 parsecs. However, parsec is not a measure of distance or time, right? It's a measure of distance. Yes. So how is this possible? Because basically, you measure how fast you go by time. So how is it that this claim holds any validity in the Star Wars universe or in ours? Because a parsec is a real thing. So. I haven't googled. I haven't googled Kessel, which was my only homework for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Marie! Work. Um, yeah, I also didn't Google Kessel though. I think it's I'll just say. like a. I think it's just supposed to be like a. Um, the Kessel Run. Yeah, there's a good, there's just, some good for the viewers. You've got some some serious fanatics out there. What the <laughs> fuck was the Kessel Run? And why was 14 so bad? But clearly it was not accurate. And the Falcon can do much better even though she's, you know, so seen I think days. I think as far as I know, the Kessel Run was like a um, a star, you know, a star route uh, very famous for smugglers. Smugglers, okay. Is what okay. it was. It's okay. like a smuggling route, right? Okay, yes. Okay. So the question is, how could a, a parsec be both a 
how could it be a measure of distance and not time? And so yes. I did it in 12 parsecs. Mm-hmm. Uh, suggests that it is time. But actually, what he's saying is that he did it in less distance than distance. other people did. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, um, what so a parsec. So, okay. First yes. off, first off, a parsec is equivalent. Don't, I have no idea, but yes. <laughs> okay. A parsec <laughs> is equal to 3.26 light years. Okay. Which is equal to 3.09 times 10 to the 13th kilometers. So a light year basically is the time it takes a photon of light to travel a year. <laughs> so it's moving yes. at the speed of light, right? Right. So a fo- so light always travels at the speed of light, which is uh, 299,790, no, 299,792,458 meters per second. Okay. Which is equal to um, 186,000 miles per second. <laughs> I just wrapped my or, head around Sherbert, so keep going. Yes. Yeah, I know. Or 671 <laughs> million miles per hour. Okay. Right. So, um, so that means that the Millennium Falcon traveled basically. 39.12 light years at the speed of no faster than the speed of light. Yeah. They they don't give actually a, a measure of time that it takes them. Right. No. He says I traveled, you know, 12 parsecs that did the castle run in 12 parsecs. Right. So what that suggests is they are breaking into hyperspace somehow. And then he is making the distance between um, 39.12 light years. So you start at point A and then the next point B is 39.12 light years away. He was able to make that trip in, um, no, rather Less. he was able, he was able to make the Kessel run in only 39.12 light years of distance. Yes. Whereas so other people did it and space. Yes. Whereas other ah. people did it in 14 parsecs. Or, you know, okay. whatever, you know, you got your freighters, you got your whatever. It's going to take more parsecs. Yeah. So, um, I've also read, so I actually read that, um, the Millennium Falcon's top speed is 25,000 light years per day. Damn, yo. Okay. So the ship can travel 0.5 past light speed. My goodness. She can haul. So it's going faster. Uh, it's going faster than light speed, I guess, um, which is impossible. Yeah, I was gonna. Put, but you know what? It's a galaxy far, far away, my friend. That shit could happen. That shit could happen. And you know what? We also, you know, it's not just Han Solo. He has a co-pilot. He has a partner to help him with that ship. Chewbacca. So it's like you got to give it up. For both of them, I was just my shout out for Chewbacca. <laughs> not that he can, not that, not that Wookiees actually have the formula for beating light speed, although they might. I don't know. Right, they might. They might. So, so the the interesting thing then, right, is that okay? So we're basically saying that the Millennium Falcon is able to break into hyper whatever some other dimension mm-hmm. or something like basically like a wormhole. 
and then travel the equivalent distance of the Kessel run in only 39.12 light years. So at its max speed, it's traveling at 1.5 the speed of light. (laughs) So 39.12 light years would suggest that they are moving. Um, I mean like one and a half or 0.5 less than that. So was it going to be like 39.12? So hold on. You know, and besides pod save America, you should be 26.08. Like, you should be Twittering to like George Lucas, JJ Abrams, Ryan Johnson, whoever's the new director for, you know, getting some science credit up on the new movies, man. Cause they probably need people. They need to figure this stuff out. I'm sure somewhere down the road they had all this stuff mapped out. I'm just saying, you know, it could be a good game. Yeah. yeah. You know what? You never know. So this you thing, so now we're on Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Now we're on Wikipedia. Okay, that was yes. the important thing. Yes. The Kessel Run. Mm-hmm. Aha! Oh, Aha! God. Mm-hmm. This is how he did it. Okay. So when you get towards light speed, mm-hmm. right? What happens is your mass gets extremely your your mass increases exponentially uh-huh. as you get closer and closer to light speed, right? Uh-huh. So uh, as you hurtle towards the speed of light, you um you basically uh, get super 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 massive, right? And uh-huh. so um, on the other hand, uh, what this means is that as things get really really massive. Um, or rather, let's let's rephrase this. As you get closer to the speed of light, or as you get closer to the center of a black hole, things weird things start to happen with mass and with distance and with time, right? Yes. So the as you get towards a black hole, your time apparent time for you will actually move quicker, or rather slower than the apparent down. time than the apparent time away from the black hole. So the famous example of this is called the twin problem. And basically it's like a, you have a twin on Earth and then you shoot a twin off into space. <laughs> and after the spaceship, the twin that was in the spaceship will actually be a little bit younger than the twin that was on Earth mm-hmm. because they moved at uh, quick enough for long enough that it made some apparent difference. Yeah. Um, a really good example of this is that movie Interstellar where – uh, as they get closer to the black holes, mm-hmm. um, time around them, like so, like every I think it's something like every five minutes they spend near the uh, and time in the black hole mm-hmm. is a year on Earth, say, hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the reason is that the uh, the gravitational field of the black hole is so great that it causes time dilations, uh-huh. right? Um, uh-huh. Just the mass so of the thing causes time dilations. We're also assuming that the ship and its occupants would survive <laughs> yeah yeah so Which so this this suggests that wookie technology yeah so this suggests that han solo moved near black holes to get this distance shorter ah, so he kind of than other people boomerang. Did. he did like a boomerang effect off of them exactly yeah interesting oh han solo i'm telling you what I still don't fully understand it, but I love the fact that, that they still use that reference. And I was always sort of like, well, why is that such a big deal now? So it, here's the thing. 
Okay, here's here's something from Wikipedia. A New Hope mess up? Question mark. In Star Wars Episode Four, A New Hope, Han Solo boasted about the speed of his spaceship by claiming it made the Kessel Run in less than twelve parsecs, despite a parsec being a unit of distance. In the novelization, he said less than twelve standard time parts. Aha! Ah. Screenwriter George Lucas claimed the seeming gaffe in the film was intentional. Oh, so it's supposed to be bullshit, Marie? What? You tell me Han the force. The force is bullshit. No, he, Han is bullshitting them. He's bullshitting them. He can't be bullshitting them. <laughs> but then, but then, but then later on, the, okay. But later on, they try to retcon this, and they said that um, within the ex- expanded universe, Kevin J. Anderson later retconned an explanation. The castle run is through the maw. I don't even know what the law is. Oh, God, this is going to take forever. Event horizons around black holes are dependent on the speed at which you are traveling. A standard ship has to do the run in 18 parsecs because to cut the route any closer, the ship would get sucked in. The Falcon, however, is fast enough to straighten the route and cut over six parsecs off the distance traveled. Huh. Aha! Okay, 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 okay. Weird. So, a little bit of a question still. I'm summing it up as the first... The force. Here's an interesting thing, though. Um, that so twelve parsecs mm-hmm. is two point three times ten to the fourteen miles of total distance. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, let's see. Let me count my numbers here. That's there, there, there. Nine about nine billion times around the circumference of the Earth. <laughs> but the problem is they don't give a time. Right. So like distance is meaningless at that time. So like, okay, you did it in 12 parts. Like that's like saying, you know, um, it could have taken his entire life to do it. Yeah. It'd be, well, it'd be like you have a really curvy, you have a really curvy road and that road total distance is 18 miles. And you're like, yeah, well I did it in 12 by just not going around the curves. (laughs) You just like drive straight. Right. Like, like, okay. But the guy, the guy on the road is still going quicker because he's not having to drive through trees and shit. Right. Like, like, okay. So it's meaningless without without the time part. I think. So you're telling me that yeah. Han Solo, hero of the rebellion, is a liar sometimes. Bullshitter. Oh man. Am, no wonder. Sorry, no wonder buddy. Leia loved him so much, man. That is my sorry, and that buddy. is my favorite part of Empire is when she looks at him and she, he's going into the carbonite. He's he's headed in and she's like Han. I love you. And he's all like <laughs> like a stone cold pimp. He's all like I know. It's like, oh, Oof. you want, there's Oof. a scientist right there. There's some suave science shit right there, <laughs> my man. That's good. Wow. That's some good shit. Real talk. Real, Real talk. talk. All right. Real talk. Real talk. Real talk. Marie, I think we've recorded a lot. We've actually done an hour and 15 minutes. Let's save, let's save MacGuffins. Should we do a, a sign HDs out? HDs and MacGuffins. Let's save them. Yes. Okay. So okay. Uh, let's do the sign out. So. That is it for this week's roundtable. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back in two weeks with another roundtable, and I will be back in one week with a full episode on climate change. Bum, bum, bum. Is it real? <laughs> Does it really exist? It is, is, it, it is, is it a conspiracy real. by China? Look, <laughs> look let's, let's cut this. Let's, let's just get it out of the way now. Spoiler. It is real. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cliff notes. It's real. real. It's real. And already, already messing stuff up. I am not. I am your host. (laughs) I am not Doctor Marie (laughs) Mayhew. 
I am your host, Chris Cogswell, and I am joined by Marie Mayhew. Yes, non-doctor, non-doctor affiliation at this point. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. A news story gets shared by a friend on social media, or you catch a tweet that really makes your blood boil. But how do you separate fact from fiction? That's the premise behind Disinformation, a 10-part series from Evergreen Podcasts and Emergent Risk International coming this fall. Tune in to Disinformation wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, don't believe everything you read.